this is what a fire beef is. Yeah, go ahead. Eleven minutes gone. I'll be over in a minute. Time, temperature, and concentration. Read the work order. Safety glasses. You're not done with that yet? Hey, put on some gloves. Can you please just follow the process? Make sure you put your respirator away. Solvent rags go over the side of the trash can. Where's your wet film gauge? Make sure you're putting tags back on the parts. Did you milk check that? Put your tools away. This chase. Welcome to KazerCast episode three. I am Jace Kazer, and I'm here with my co-host Chloe Lighty. How was your holiday break, Chloe? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It was um, lovely in a lot of ways um, and also way less productive than I was hoping it would be. How about yours? Mine has been extremely productive. I hit a new gear. I feel like I don't I don't know. All of a sudden I'm just like back and I, I feel like like 2020 got me out of form just a little like everybody. But for mm -hmm. some reason, like when Christmas break came, um, because we took a, as you know, but we took a break between Christmas and New Year's because most of the manufacturing world kind of does that anyway. And it just felt good to have a week off and everybody's mm -hmm. kind of worn out anyhow. But um, I was like, I'm going to work out a little bit over Christmas break because like I should be able to make some time, find some time to do it. So I worked out a few times, which I haven't done that in a long time. I used to lift weights a lot. And I just think that got me back in a good groove. Mm -hmm. So I've been pretty productive. I got up well, at like, good. I got up at work time every day. Um, so. Is that your resolution for the new year is to start lifting again? Uh, I don't usually do New Year's resolutions, but I'll I'll hopefully try to keep like now that I only did it like twice, but um, it's fun doing like it's something I always used to do, so it kind of like relaxes me. So I'll try to keep doing it. Hopefully, I can. I've been in my mind. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make sure that like on certain days of the week, I plan my afternoon out so I can actually leave work at a certain time. Otherwise, you just mm -hmm. get home. You don't feel like doing it. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, we all know that, you know, a regular routine, going to bed at the consistent time, waking up at the consistent time, working out every day, it's all good for you. And it's only going to make you more energetic. And yet, <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if we just get bogged down in like the day to day stuff. And so by the time we're free, we just feel like vegging on the couch or what, especially in 2020, I feel like all of my, all of my motivation to do any of that has just gone out the window. Yeah, I agree. And recently, I've been like this year at most, I probably was in the office more than on the floor just because we've been super busy. Such so a lot of office work to do. And I realized recently, like, man, I, cause I work a lot of hours, but I'm at the computer most of the time. And right. so like I could be, I'm literally sitting at the computer for 10, eight to 10 hours a day straight. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I get up a little bit, but a lot less than I used to. So I'm not nearly mm-hmm. as active. Even though I feel active, I'm just not nearly as active as I used to be. So, Right. Because working on the shop floor is its own kind of workout, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like if you're over there all day, like if I have to fill in for somebody, like I'm beat at the end of the day now because I'm just not in good mm-hmm. enough shape for that. I mean, I'm in good shape, but it's not not good enough for that. So, not like that. Do you get anything good for Christmas? I'm working on uh, getting a new bed put together. Oh, um, I've had the same bed for like ever, and uh, I was I've been researching beds, trying to get one that's like cooler. Like, so this one like has supposedly special cooling technology or something. So my mom got me some sheets for that. I haven't got it put in yet because I, I was going to do it right the day after Christmas and I got home and I was like, oh, crap, I got to wash all the sheets and spread spread first before I can even put the bed up. So and then are you I, a hot sleeper? Apparently, I guess. <laughs> so well, how about you? that makes a positive difference in your energy level, too, because, you know, a good night's sleep and all that. Yeah, we'll see. How about you? Do you get anything? So, um, Austin surprised me with some prints from one of my favorite artists ever, and I love them. And I had the realization when I opened them on Christmas morning that if you can buy art for somebody, you must really know them. Hmm. So prints means a, prints means painting so yeah she's an oil painter her name is samantha french she does these like kind of impressionistic underwater scenes they're really beautiful um and she sells prints of her paintings um we didn't really want to go ahead and invest in like the actual original yeah at this point just because you know we don't have the space and whatever else but he got me some smaller prints um and i love them and they look amazing cool and he did a really good job well that's good yeah. You do like your art, so. So did I you guys did you guys get any snow? No. You know, the last snowfall was probably before Christmas. It's been like fifty and sunny here most days. Lucky you. I know, right? It sounds like you, you that has not been the case in Lincoln. No, we got so right at the end of December, so after Christmas before New Year's earlier this week, we got like six to eight inches. And so that Oof. kind of messed up my week plan of like doing a ton of maintenance and stuff while everybody was gone. I ended up spending probably like eight hours total moving snow blowing and moving snow on the Bobcat. And it's not, I don't mind doing it. Like it's, it's kind of fun actually. Like I, I like operating equipment, but when it takes up that much time, it's just like, ugh. do you consider hiring it out ever? Well, we have uh, Todd's Lawn Care right across the street yeah. who does all of our lawn, and they do snow in the winter. So, But we usually don't have them move the snow just because, like, we have we have to have we have to stage a lot of stuff outside so snow has to go in the right places and so you almost Ah. have we use a bobcat with a bucket to move it around like push it and then move it where we want because we kind of have to have it in certain spots you can't just shove it wherever because then it's in the way um so it's just like as i was doing i was like we should hire somebody to do this but then it's just like we would have to get the bobcat out anyway probably and move it where we wanted so if you want it done right do it yourself yeah it's not i don't think that other people do it wrong per se just 
we're just as you know we're particular about everything so of course we we have a special way way that we have to have the snow moved because we're high maintenance like that right it also looks like um you had quite a bit of things to fix on your to-do list this week as well yeah so i just did a maintenance 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 which is actually my favorite thing to do like i really enjoy doing that or it's like working on race cars so um the list that I wrote down here, what I get, so I changed some valves on the pressure washer, the control chemical, the ones that we had on there were just worn out. The chemicals had been eating them away and were leaking. Uh, changed filters on our reverse osmosis water system. So we use RO water for uh, rinses on our pretreatment. So it's you know, purified water. And some air system filters I changed. Um, and then there's, so when, when you have a, so air, the air systems, when we wrote a blog on this a while back and I really am interested in like air systems now because we use so much of it and it's really important to have a clean, dry, oil-free air. And so when you have, um, all these filters that are filtering out water and oil, then you have to collect that somewhere. Like you can't just like dump that on the floor, right? Because this is, would be wet everywhere. And you can't necessarily just collect that in a bucket if you're pulling actual oil out of the air because then what What are you going to do with that bucket of oil, you know? Mm-hmm. And you have, oil, you have oil-water mixture, so you can't like just dump that down the drain. So there's right. these condensate packs that a lot of people in our industry are familiar with. And, and you put your your condensate drains, drain into that. And that actually, that pack filters out all of the oil and just so basically it keeps all the oil inside the pack and then water just comes out of it so you can actually dump the clean water down the drain um interesting but over time they get too full of oil and they stop working and you just gotta you send that back to the manufacturer because they dispose of it and then buy a new one from them and so I, ha- I had one that I needed to change out so I got that changed um did some maintenance on the powder booth uh, got up and looked at the, the fan motor just to make sure everything was good up there and changed some filters, air filters for that. Worked on some of the grounds in the powder booth for grounding parts. The guys have been, the sprayers have been asking for a few more grounds. To, when they got a couple guys in there, they uh, wanted some grounds in different places so they weren't having to trip over them. So I moved some of that around for them. Replaced some belts on the oven. We had a on our blast air system. That air dryer is pretty sophisticated and kind of has a couple different closed systems on it to help cool and then dry the air. And for a while, I've been noticing it's been leaking a little bit of fluid. Not not a ton, but just it's kind of damp. So I dove into that and found that leak. And then my computer broke, or it seems like it's it's on the verge of breaking. So. I'm going to have to take that in. I, I worked on it trying to get it fixed, but I don't know. Something's going wrong with it. So I've been work, I've been working off my laptop now. So do you have a social media tip of the day or the week? Yeah, it's not a fun one, um, nor is it particularly inspirational. Uh, however, it's super, super important. And um, 
it comes up a lot. I feel like as I'm scrolling, I see a lot of spelling errors in posts and captions. Um, and I just, I came to the realization last week that no matter how incredible or earth shattering your content is, if there's a spelling or grammatical error somewhere in there, it's automatically undermined. Um, and so do yourself a favor, take the extra five seconds it takes to reread what you think you wrote. Um, or, you know, if that's not your strength, find someone whose strength it is and have them do it for you. It's worth it. Yeah. Check your work. Yes. <laughs> Very yes. important. Whenever yeah, I see a... My... Go ahead. Turns out my third grade teacher was right. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I see a spelling error when I'm on social media, I always like think of you and how you're probably angered by seeing it. <laughs> I mean, we've all done it, right? And there's typos, things get through, and I understand that. However, if you are consistently posting and it is consistently spelled wrong, then I start to lose faith in you. I just do. I can't help it. It just, it's a thing that happens and it's not necessary. And I think we can all do better. I agree. So, friendly reminder the English, spell check is the English queen has spoken. <laughs> I'm here to help. So last week we had an interview with my mom, Sherry Kayser, or last episode, I should say. It's been a few weeks now. This week we're not going to have an interview. We're going to just, it's the new year now, so it's January 2nd when we're recording this. So we're just going to talk about 2020 in review. Um, kind of just go through some things that, the highs and the lows, things that we learned. and I love it. Let's go from there. So it might be a little bit shorter episode than we've had, but that's okay. There's also a lot that's happened though too this year. Yeah, yeah, for for like the entire world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, I'd love to start with the low points. Can we talk about um, what went badly this year? I mean, the elephant in the room is COVID, right? Sure. I mean, we're fortunate that it didn't affect us terribly. Um, mm. I think it was more just like mentally taxing for us, for me, and especially just trying to navigate through that, making sure that we were being safe for our team, um, not getting each other sick while they're at work. Um, Abby in the front office dealing with all the customers coming in and out, didn't want her getting exposed. Uh, got a lot of people dropping off and picking up. Uh, from all walks of life so it's just hard to navigate that you know some people take it really seriously and are very careful others don't and try not you know try not to, right. to frustrate anybody we're just we're, we tried to be safe right from the get-go and I we did a pretty good job of that everybody stayed pretty healthy we only had one person that went came down with it and got them you know got them home right away and and uh, nobody else got it from them so that was good that's impressive. Um, I mean, it. so, I mean, it, it's obviously still going on, so it could still happen. I'm a little bit concerned with coming back from Christmas because in New Year's, naturally, I think everybody probably got, probably got together more than they have all year. You know, sure. maybe Thanksgiving they didn't, but then Christmas or New Year's they did. So we'll sure. just have to see. But. Do the respirators that the guys wear in the booths uh, make a difference? Does that help? I think it does. And we have, 
we have a small enough team that we're and we have big enough shop floor that everybody's pretty spread out and they're kind of mm-hmm. working in their own little area um and you're right most of the time they have a respirator on so the sprayers in the booth have their respirators on uh kevin in the wash bay has his respirator on blasting you have a helmet on you're in there by yourself painting right. you got a respirator on so so in that sense we're able to stay pretty pretty you know isolated i guess it's just when you get there in the morning when you're at breaks or lunch which we try to we've been really trying to spread all those out um, mm-hmm. or at the end of the day you know just natural human interaction of a good morning or whatever if if you're not having your mask on right away or you're in between, you're going out to the floor, getting ready to put your other respirator on. So you have your cloth mask off. And so that was just, um, I was always worried about that and trying to get the guys to, to wear them and, but not be so adamant about it. You know, it it was hard. It's just hard to navigate everybody's personal opinions about it. It's a very fine line to walk. And especially, I mean, it's one thing with your team because you have a certain level of, you know, say in what they do on the shop floor. Um, but with customers, I imagine that that's just a whole nother layer of complexity. Yeah, it was in one sense, like I was really proud of our guys and girls um, just because like when I would come down and say like, okay, like we need to start doing this or we need to make sure we're being more careful or we need to wear masks now this week or what, you know, um, they always listened, which I was, I was kind of surprised. Not that they don't normally listen, but it, it was just, uh, you know, everybody's been very opinionated about it. Um, but mm-hmm. when I asked it, they pretty much, um, just followed. They trusted what I was thinking and I tried to explain to them, you know, Maybe it's a little bit more my opinion, but let's just do that. We're, I'm just trying to keep you guys safe. I was my goal is just to keep them at work, um, right? So we keep production going, but also because I didn't want them to have to sit at home and be worried right. about getting paid and all of that. So sounds like your efforts paid off. Yeah, we were able to stay pretty busy. I mean, some of our customers shut down, um, even though like most of the customers that that are our customers are essential businesses. So we were able, we were deemed essential. So we were able to stay open, but then if there were some outbreaks, then some of our larger, larger customers shut down. Um, and so that was, that was just a scheduling thing mainly. Yeah, sure. Um, just knowing that like, okay, this regular delivery isn't going to be coming. So now we're more free to do other stuff. And so we probably shouldn't be working overtime right, right now. We don't need to be burned through work if it's, you know, it's going to be delayed mm-hmm. coming in. And one thing that was interesting is when, like, kind of the, the uh, shutdown started happening or a lot of people started staying home or working from home um, just in society, our general public work went through the roof. I mean, like lawn furniture and, and things like that. I think it's just because people were at home looking at it and they're like, man, this looks crappy. And then I can a hundred percent attest to that. I have painted more rooms in my house this year than I think I would have if I had been at work just because you're sitting there staring at it. Right. And it's bothering you. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see why that happened. So it was an interesting, even though some of our larger customers shut down for two weeks, um, three weeks or whatever, what, you know, whatever, everyone was kind of on their own schedule for that. But 
we were able to fill work in with general public because it just happened at the same time when places were shutting down, people were wanting to get stuff done. So, and it was That's great. And it was generally like the older crowd and generation. So like we were actually, we were really trying to be safe with them and making sure that mm-hmm. we were wearing masks and um, just because obviously they were the most vulnerable. So <laughs> What kinds of projects were they bringing you? I know there's a lot of car frames in the shop right now. Was that pretty consistent all year or was it um, other stuff too? Uh, most of it was like just like refurbishing. So it was a lot of lawn, lawn furniture, lawn ornaments, mm-hmm. like light fixtures, small railings, maybe, you know, like little railings for a step or something or a railing in a house. They weren't really big projects, but it was a lot of little tiny stuff in the it, it worked good together, you know, wheels for cars and trucks and things like that. I'm betting this stimulus payments probably helped as well, right? Like with people all of a sudden having, you know, a little extra money to spend, especially if they hadn't really lost their job in the first place. Probably, yeah. Um, Sitting at home and getting a check in the mail and you, yeah, most people might as well want to powder spend. coat some wheels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. we, we came through it. All right, we'll cover. We can cover more of it in the highlights. I think we had some good outcomes or from dealing with. We we, we kind of we slowed down, not not to the point of like out of stuff to do, but we just weren't at the crazy fast pace with our tongue hanging out, where you never have time to think about or work on anything else besides just cranking parts out the door, and so. Right. Uh, even though he, you could call it a low point that we we weren't like blazing busy, you know, coming into the summer, uh, which we normally are. So that made everybody kind of a little weary. And I tried to make sure, you know, I was communicating with the team a lot to just say, here's how many weeks of work we have left in front of us. You know, don't worry. We got plenty. I'm watching the schedule mm-hmm. close, um, trying to keep them confident that we weren't going to run out of stuff to do. Um, but then it kind of allowed us to do a lot of, um, different things, uh, that we would normally do. I think it allowed us to improve, I think actually. So. Okay. That's good. We'll talk about that in the highlights too. Uh, hopefully, um, what other bad things happened? Um, we just keep going so positive, Jace, you're turning everything into a positive and we're not there yet. Um, we have to talk about bad stuff. um, we had some passings, um, some people passed away. Did you have any equipment malfunctions, anything that happened around the shop that was bad? Um, one, it I can't remember the time of year that it happened. I feel like it was maybe pre-COVID. It was pretty early in the year. No, no, it wasn't. It was actually right in, no, it was right in the mix of all of this. So in the mix of uh, COVID and some people being gone because of family issue, family things, um, I was in the blast room blasting, uh, trying to help keep production going. And, uh, so that's pretty, at that point I'm, I'm at my, uh, at my limit. Usually when I'm actually on the floor doing the production, I don't mind doing it, but like, you know, I, I still have to handle all the office work as well. So like I'm right on the edge of just like, getting every just getting everything done barely in time and keeping everything going in the right direction <laughs> and i go to start up it was, it was like halfway through the day and i go to like start up for another set of blasting and boom lights go out I'm like what Ugh. 
I thought somebody, because you can turn the lights off in the booth to like from the outside and the, because they're trying to tell you something or they need to talk to you. So I was like, oh, sure. who needs to talk to me? Like, <laughs> I told everybody, don't bother me today. I got to get this stuff blasted. And then I poke my hat out. All of the lights in the shop are off. I'm like, great. And I, oh. then I walk like 20 feet to look out the back door to look over at the powder shop. All the lights are off over in powder. <laughs> shop so he lost all power in all the buildings um like the whole our whole area like other companies around us lost power because like some transformer went out so we were down for you know we had in powder you know we had parts in the oven curing um and uh that is you know you don't necessarily have to like that runs on gas but if you cut like there are some electrical parts to it so when you cut the power it, it, it shuts that off um, okay and so we're trying to and it cuts the power to your timers out too so then you're trying to figure out like how long has that been in there let's get it out you know it's been in there for 10 minutes let's just get it out let it cool down now we know how much left we need to cure it and it was uh and then we go into the mode of we try not to be like well all right everybody go home you know like that's just not right. how we think so you go in the mode of, okay what can we do you know, we, what still is working? What do we have? You know, uh, we don't have electricity for the air compressor to run, but we have a huge air tank. So we do have air left over so we can clean the booth and color change for the next thing that's coming up. And okay, there's a lot of parts that have to be masked. So let's work on that. We can keep packaging, you know, cause it was summer, all the doors were open. You could still see from the sun. So everybody just kind of kept working and, and, um, Go around and how, go ahead. How long did it last? Uh, I think I want to say it was like a couple hours. So it was, okay. uh, I mean, it, it wasn't terrible, but it was long enough that it was like, man, it really messed the day up. Yeah. And, it's a nuisance. Yeah. And you got to be careful when, like, when you, when equipment's running like full steam and then boom, you cut the power to it and that much equipment, that's really, really hard on it. To just chop okay. the power off like imagine holding your car like wide open on the interstate and then just killing the motor like right. it's not good for it. um right so then you're and everything is still like in the on position so you got to make sure you get all that stuff turned off before right. the power comes back on because it you know you need stuff to turn on in a certain order so it doesn't hurt the equipment so what happens when the curing process gets interrupted that way? Do you have to just keep track of how much longer is left and then pick it back up where it left off? Or does it mess it up in some irreversible way? I wouldn't say it's irreversible. It's just uh, you probably want to know how long it's been in there because maybe it was almost done, right? So at that point, if there was only like a minute left on the timer, just leave it in there for like five more minutes. Like the oven's going to have started to cool down a little but not enough that it's going to lose so much temperature. So you could actually finish the curing process out. But if it's pretty early on, it's best to just get it out of the oven and let it cool down to temperature. And then it's essentially just gelled. Right. And so okay. then you just can put it back in for a full cure cycle. Are parts vulnerable when they're gelled? I mean, what happens if you rattle it too hard? Does that ruin it? Now, once it's gelled, the powder's not going to fall off. You just mm -hmm. don't necessarily want to touch it. Or if like dust and debris land on it, then when it goes to gets back in the oven and cures like that stuff will be in the coating so you want to make sure that it like you don't want to gel something and let it sit for like a week and then cure it but sure that makes sense 
Well, it sounds like a complete nuisance. Yeah, that was. That was all kind of, you know, it was just like, what's next? Because it was all right. just happening at the, at the same time of year. I think everybody was probably feeling that way. And, of course, that happens on a day where you have your hands full and you're in the spring or you're in the blasting booth. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I it can't just... happen on, like, a normal Tuesday when you had, you know, administrative stuff to do, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, but figures. This is yeah. what it is. You know, like, I always, when stuff like that happens, I... I picture in my mind like this. I don't like. I don't know if I've seen it in a Disney movie or a cartoon, but I feel like I'm on the hanging on the back of a wooden wagon, and there's like a horse, runaway horse, pulling it, and I'm just holding <laughs> on to it, and my face is getting just drugged through the mud, and I'm just holding on and just bouncing around. That's what that's what I picture in my mind on days like that. Unpleasant. And then we went on to. Uh, maybe some higher low points. Something that I learned, I guess, we have to do a better job when we're forklift training on how to move ladder racks around the shop because we had two different people bend ladder racks um, while moving them with the forklift because they just didn't realize that their forks weren't long enough or I don't know. It, to me, it's pretty obvious, but... With, Two different people bent two different ladder racks multiple months apart. So we had. What do you do with a bent ladder rack? Can you fix it or is it yeah, trash? Yeah, get it fixed. Call a welding company and have them come fix it. Pick it up. So that's okay. So I mean, so that's fine. It's good. I mean, the, when the customer comes to get it, it's good. It's ready to go. Like, because it's not our ladder rack. We are blasting and powder coating it. We bend it. And then have that's to get it great. fixed. Yeah. So. so you must have uh, followed up with a safety meeting about that embedding. Yeah, or <laughs> forklift suspensions. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And then That's not great. we had what? We had some oven repairs. Um, we just talked about oven repairs not too long ago. So the first mm -hmm. round of that was like our smaller oven. The burner sleeve got a hole in it and there was flames shooting out the side outside the burner box i was just like it wasn't working right heating up quite right one morning so i took the ladder up there and climbed up the ladder and all of a sudden i see a flame shooting out the side that's the fastest i've gotten down like a 20-foot ladder before oh i bet I felt like a fireman sliding down that thing, going over to get the thing <laughs> shut off. Cause I mean, when you see like a flame sticking out the, you know, it's, it's not great. No, so I got that shut off quick, and but we had, and then we ended up having the same thing happen later on. Uh, caught it a lot sooner on the other on our bigger oven, since we, I knew well, it was just a maintenance item that we had to have to start checking. Okay, but it's never fun when the oven breaks down because it's usually. You got to stop it in the middle of the day so then you don't have all your equipment or resources at your fingertips until you get it mm -hmm. fixed. It's usually not an easy, you know, it's, it's a day's worth of work for a couple guys to get it torn apart and put back together. Do you have someone on your team who helps you with that or do you hire it out? Me and my dad. Okay. Usually. Okay. So, yeah, so you're pulling him out of his office, too, which I'm sure he doesn't love either. Yeah. I mean, we don't necessarily, I mean, it's it's frustrating with that stuff. But in our heart of hearts, me and my dad love to work and fix on that stuff. So it's not like 
I don't hate the process of doing it. I I hate the uh, effect that it's having on our guys' sure. productivity because it's just like if one other piece of equipment breaks, there's nothing they can do. Like they're just not going to get as much done. They can't help right. it. And they like right. want. They're like they want to help, but they know they're like I don't know how to help you with that. So like, what do you want me to do to stay busy while you're working on fixing that? You know. What kinds of things do you have them do to stay busy? Since we have two ovens, it's usually we just, it's fine. We just have to be a little more okay. particular on making sure we're making the most out of the oven time. We try to have two of everything. So that way, if something breaks, we at least can keep hobbling along for a while. Smart. And I always tell them, well, it used to be enough to just have one oven. So we made it work couple years ago you just make it work for a day <laughs> when did you install the new oven i think it's been two years ago no, two and a half years ago that's not very long really no but we've only been powder coating for four six years so yeah let's uh let's talk about some highlights 2020 what went well we had a lot of new team members early in the year. It was Stefan. He's still with us, doing a great job in the powder shop. We had some summer help from a second cousin of mine, David Lilly. Uh, the last time that I had saw him before he came to help us in the summer, he was like, came up to my knee. And so, <laughs> and uh, his dad is my, his dad, Mike Lilly, is my dad's cousin. And Mike actually used to work for Kaiser Blasting and Coatings, was one of the first people at Kaiser Blasting and Coatings. He actually put up the blast booth and the paint wow. booth. Okay, so like um, coming back. So like, he's got some history. Yeah, coming full circle. His son needed a summer job because he graduated high school, and then he was going to college, and Mike needed a job for the summer, and we needed some help. And Dad and, and Mike talked relatively frequently. Um, and so it must've come up in conversation. And then one morning I, I knew David was coming. My dad said, I'll just bring him over when he gets here. I'm like, okay. So I'm in the powder shop working on something and I hear my dad say, Hey, here's David. So I turn around and I'm like looking down kind of, because I'm thinking like the last time I saw him, he was up to my knee. Like, it, but oh. this is multiple, multiple years ago. Right. So like, I know he's a grown adult now, but then, <laughs> but I like, I just like turn around and then I'm all I'm doing is like being picture in your mind. I'm just like panning up. I'm just like looking up, up, <laughs> up, up. I'm like, Holy crap. Cause he's like a really big football player now. So <laughs> It surprised me. He's really, really good help. Um, That's great. For the, and he worked for it was just a couple months or maybe it was only like a month and a half, but he worked really hard. So I think it got him prepared for the football heat being in the powder coating shop. I'm sure it did. So I think he liked it. Um, and he was wearing he had a this first day he had an old vintage Kaiser blasting and coatings hat. Like before we went to the gray and before we had a new Kaiser logo. So like that took me back a little bit too. What were your colors before the gray? So original Kaiser Blasting and Coatings colors was like a navy blue, like shirts mm -hmm. and hats and sweatshirts. And then the text, the lettering was red. And it was oh, all, so like the Kaiser painting logo where it's like that script 
Yeah. Kaiser and painting is script. Uh, Kaiser blasting and coatings, all of that was script. Um, so it was kind of hard to read actually, but. When did you rebrand and how did you choose gray? I think when I started working full time, we just, yeah. Yeah. Because we had read or no, am I, my brother, I think like made a website for Kaiser blasting and coatings. And so he mm -hmm. kind of made a new logo. Um, and that logo might've came like from racing a little. Cause I think, cause we had Kaiser blasting coatings on the cars for a while, but it was a, it was a different logo than what we were using at the business. So I think like the one that came from the race car, which like Harris decals just designed to be readable on the race car that ended mm -hmm. up kind of just getting pulled on to being used on shirts and signage at, at the office. And it's the one we use today. Pretty dang close. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know it came from racing. That's an interesting, I think it did combination of my brother's graphic design fun that he has every once in a while and Harris decals. I like it. It's very uh, steeped in your family. Yeah, I think everything <laughs> is. <laughs> By definition, right? I mean, your yeah. second cousin is coming to work there. Like, yeah, it's all family. Yeah. That's great. And then Chloe, you started working full time. You worked for part time for a long time or for a year or so doing social media and you finally came on full time. That was mm -hmm. a really good decision. I was... Uh, I wanted to, we had talked about it like a little, or you had just like said that you're already looking for a different job. And then like secretly I'm like, Ooh, I think <laughs> I want to hire full time. But that was kind of right when COVID was happening. So I was like unsure of how busy we were going to be. I was like, can we support that? I don't know if this is the right time. And I was like, I can't let it like, I'll be so frustrated if she goes work somewhere else and somebody else gets her full time. So <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> The timing could not have been any better for me. It was perfect timing for me. And um, like you work just, remotely from home. So that kind of worked yeah. right into COVID quarantine. Yeah. The transition was awesome. I didn't have to be out in the world interacting with customers during a pandemic anymore. It was perfect. It was perfect. So that was fun and has it continues to be fun. And then Abby started here in like August ish, August, September, mm -hmm. um, in a cool story about her is that a couple years ago I had interviewed her, um, and I had interviewed multiple people on the same day for like the office assistant job. And one of the fir first few I interviewed that morning, I uh, had a really good resume and just interviewed well. And I was like, I can't pass this person up. So I hired him on the spot. Um, and then I had Abby's interview that afternoon. This is a couple of years ago. And, uh, knowing that I already had hired somebody, I still went through the whole spiel with Abby. And as I'm sitting there going through it with her and she's answering questions, I'm like, Oh, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have hired that person this morning. Abby's the right one. <laughs> and I told her at the end, I was like, well, I already hired someone this morning. Um, and I could tell right away, like all the, the air just like, she was just like Aww. deflated. And, uh, I was like, that, that doesn't mean that we won't need another person soon or that, that um, we won't reach out to you or something like I'll, if we grow, we'll definitely need you. Um, and so like, I kind of kept tabs on her and, uh, like watched her LinkedIn and stuff and saw that she had moved to a different job and things. And it just so happened that we were going to need another person in the office. Um, 
And so you were helping me look for someone in the office. And I was like, you know what? I, t I interviewed this girl named Babby a couple years ago and I should have hired her then. So if we can get a hold of her, like she has the, she has the job. If she's available and she'll come, we'll do whatever it takes to get her here. Cause I know that she's right. I remember sending that cold call email to her and thinking to myself, like, there's no way this is going to work. And then lo and behold, she answered for one thing and she expressed interest, which was even more amazing. And then I remember chatting with her on the phone and feeling this overwhelming sense that like, yeah, Jace, Jace is right. She's the good fit. Um, this would be great. And I think it happened very quickly, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Within like 24 hours of actually having reached her, I think we offered her the job. Yeah, you talk, it, you talk to her um, in the morning on a Friday, I think, and you were like, yep. yeah, I agree. It's it's good. And I was like, okay. And I just made her, I sent her a job offer like by noon by email and told her I was caller. So like at the end of the day, I, you know, that afternoon I called her and I was like, you have a job if you want it. <laughs> And yep. she was like, she was like speechless on the phone. I think because we just it <laughs> happened so fast. But it was like, I told her I was like, I don't need to interview you again. It was a couple years ago I interviewed you, but I remember it, and I know that you're what we need. So yep. if you're, when in, you know, you know. In. Yeah, it's great. And then she started shortly thereafter, a couple weeks, right? Yep. She did yep. the right thing and gave the company she was working with two weeks, and then mm -hmm. came, and she's been doing fantastic. You two work really well together and play off each other. So it's been really good having her on the team. Definitely a highlight of 2020. Another girl, I guess. We hired two girls in 2020. Yeah, that's, yeah. Had there been any? I mean, you had previous female office assistants, but yeah. Um, they were always, they were always by their lonesome, though. You know what I mean? In the sense of right. like, it's a pretty male dominated world. Most of the customers coming in are males, truck drivers are males, guys okay. on the floor are male. Like, not that it can't be female, but it's, you know, it's just like hard manufacturing labor usually is male. Just that's sure. that percentage wise it is. So having you two be able to communicate with one another and work together, I think adds a little makes work a little more fun probably yeah would be yeah. my guess yeah well, certainly for us more relatable yeah for, more relatable for, for sure yeah and for sure yeah yep that's been good and then recently we had pat he's working in the powder shop now he was working on the painting side um and we've known him for a long time he used to work for a paint company and did paint deliveries um and so and it just, we really need an extra person in powder here at the end of, of uh, 2020. Cause at, as stuff started opening back up towards the end of summer from COVID, we really got busy again, like busier than normal, like busier than normal busy, I should say. So um, we needed as much help as we could get in powder. So we shifted him from the, the painting division, like the commercial residential painting over to powder. And he's just been fantastic and really reliable, great attitude. Um, so he's liking it. That's that's sounds yeah. Good. He's liking it. He gets along well with the team over there, and he's been doing really, really good. I'm really happy with it. Normally, when we're struggling for help and and need a, a new person fast, it's hard to have someone mm -hmm. come in and just pick it up and help us increase production immediately. Uh, but he he did right away. 
and it, it's been it helped us get through end of november and all of december staying on on track with our timelines how often do you move talent around between paint and powder does that happen frequently only when powder is in dire need okay <laughs> usually that's when it or if if there's big swings in work one way or another, Jay and I will communicate. My dad, Jay, and I will communicate. Yeah. And and if I have an extra person that I feel like he could utilize that I can't keep busy, then he gets them uh, and vice versa. That's nice. So you have a bit of a pool in case things get crazy. Yeah. There's only a select few that are willing to go back and forth. Sure. Um, some people just aren't willing to do it. Because I think like one of the jobs is lesser than the other, which isn't the case, but it's just personal opinion, I guess. Interesting. What other good things happened this year? So new customers or projects. We're working with the state capital, Nebraska state capital. We're doing restoring the, uh, or they are restoring the windows in the state capital. Uh And so we're blasting and repainting them. How has that gone over in the liquid coating booth? Because that's quite a large project. And I think you you operate with a fairly lean team there, don't you? Yeah, so we just have Jess as the only painter over there. But in the past, we didn't necessarily have enough painting work to keep him painting all the time. He was doing a lot of his own prep and pack, and he'd even help in powder a little bit with prep and pack. Uh, but this year, he's been able to paint pretty much all day, every day. And we've had to move some people over to help him with prepping and packaging. And, and, uh, we've, we've learned a lot. Um, not necessarily that we didn't know how to paint before we relied on all with, on Jay's experience, um, for that, but just how the throughput works, uh, in the liquid and in the sense of you got dry times, but you don't want the booth to be down. So you got to think about, it's a little more difficult to get the throughput through a liquid booth than it is a powder, at least the way we're set up. Um, some companies have liquid on a line with, uh, ovens that run at relatively low temperature compared to powder, but, um, they can help the liquid dry quicker and we just don't have any of that. So, we have to really think out like, okay, we're going to have, you know, we try to keep things in, in different phases of the process. So different coats can be ha- drying while you're applying another one. And, and it's been uh, complicated figuring that out, but we've got a pretty good routine and system down now and have some regular customers. So it's been working pretty good. Good. Do parts have to sit in the booth as they cure or can you move them around? You can move them around. So the paint's just drying um, and we keep them inside, but you can move them out of the booth as long as you don't have like, you know, you don't want a ton of dust and leaves blowing in them or something. But as long as you control the environment somewhat, it's pretty good. And it's given me a lot more confidence in, in my knowledge and the liquid coating and, and the equipment that goes with it and, mm-hmm. and the products that we're applying. So now when I'm quoting more liquid jobs, I can be more aggressive with my quote because I'm more confident. So it's, it's been good. I'm sure Jess is happy doing more of what he enjoys. Yeah, exactly. I thought we were going to wear him out, uh, honestly, because yeah. he's doing a lot more like on the trigger painting than he has, but 
anytime I ask him, he's like, I love painting. This is what I wanted to do. So the more I can be in the booth painting and the less prep that I have to do, the better. So that's been good. That's great. One of my personal favorite projects, and this is moving over to the powder coating side, but you did some work for the Lincoln Children's Museum this year. Yeah, you were pretty integral in getting all that set up with them. But um, yeah, they needed some railing redone, and we helped them out with that. And uh, you documented quite a bit of it. It looks so much nicer. I haven't driven by since it's been reinstalled, um, but just seeing the parts coming out of the shop, it's such a huge difference. Yeah, that nice, bright, kind of bright baby blue. Yep. Those railings had not been coated in, I don't think, recent history. (laughs) I was asking the guys at the museum, and they're like, yeah, we don't know. We've been here a decade, and it hasn't been done in that long at least. And (laughs) I was like, okay, it was time. Yeah, they were pretty rusty when they came in, but they were, the metal was actually in pretty good shape. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't too pitted, actually, so. Good. It turned out good, and hopefully we get a, do some more collaboration with them in the future. They're really good, really good guys to work with. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Did you have a lot of returning customers this year? We just had a lot of when COVID started to, um, when, when places started to open up, right. And people started going back to work. We had a really big increase in volume with just our regular customers. Um, and it's, I don't, I can't quite explain it, but it's like they were, they've been like the second half of 2020. It's the second six months, you know, the second semester. Everybody was just busier than they normally are. Um, and I don't know if that was just because some of them were off for a month or a couple of weeks, but it's, I expected a rush in late june july august which we did get but then it Mm -hmm. just kept it just kept going it just kept piling on um all fall um making up for lost time do you think i guess but it seemed like and then some some. that's interesting um so i don't know like from a economic standpoint on on that side of things it, it seemed good i mean we ended the year busy um, Great. And I was surprised. We'll see what the beginning of 2021 brings, but definitely we were doing more. We didn't necessarily gain a lot of new customers um, in the latter part of the year, which makes sense because like people are probably going to continue to use who they've been using and there's probably not going to be new companies starting. There's probably not going to be new projects starting following COVID shutdowns, right? So that makes mm-hmm. sense. We didn't gain ma- new customers, but I was really surprised that almost all of our customers picked up in volume from That's like a year before, them. you know, not necessarily yeah. like, like obviously if they weren't working for a month and they got to hurry and get stuff done. So that's kind of expected. Right. But then to sustain that, I was really surprised. Good. Hopefully that means good things for all of their businesses as well. Yeah. That's great. Um, I know that you have been, I've observed you being incredibly active on social media this year as well. How has that been going? I haven't been doing as good a job as of late. I think you and Abby have been doing a fantastic job with our social media. Um, I always get a lot of feedback from customers and especially just like industry reps and people involved in the industry saying like, 
that they recognize our social media posts. So it definitely is working. We're happy about that. You guys put a lot of effort into it. So I'm glad that that work's paying off. So you're doing good job. Congratulations to you and Abby. We're just in it to add value. So that's what we're going for. And then we started, we kind of start, we're trying to do a little bit of social media marketing for other small businesses. Uh, mostly the ones that we already deal with. You know, there's a lot of small businesses that we powder coat for that are one or two man operations. So we're trying to, we've, mm-hmm. since we kind of saw the great feedback from our social media, trying to um, use that good feedback and, and, and help share some of that success with some of our other c- customers that we already work with. Um, with Kaiser Craft, and you've been kind of heading that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been good. We've um, it's it's kind of a you know it's a slow roll at first, of course, but I think you and I are both highly motivated to share the lessons that we've learned with um, people we like, right? And to bring to add value to small businesses um, without breaking the bank, which I you know. Obviously, that's something we want to do for our friends in the industry um, and beyond as well. So working with our first customer was really great. We learned a lot. Um, I think we really added some value for her. And um, I've noticed that she's kind of on a roll uh, since then and has been posting quite a bit. And she, I think it's made a difference for her. So Good. What do you think? Like, I feel like we learned a lot ourselves this year tried a lot of different things and like we just intrinsically think like we just believe that social media works good whether Mm -hmm. we're getting results or not we just think that that's the right direction to go yeah but what like what did we do is there anything we did this year that like helped validate that for you or surprised you or just something that came up and you're like man this is working like like an epiphany it's a great question Um, every time that you forward me an email that you've received from someone, whether it's a sales rep or, you know, an industry peer or customer or something who's mentioned like, Hey, I read your blog and I was thinking about this and whatever it like, it brings it home to me that yes, we're putting all of this into the void, but people are consuming it, (laughs) you know, and, and every little individual piece of feedback we've gotten has sort of, has sort of brought that home for me. And, um, I think we've done a much better job as a team this year of paying attention to who we're actually talking to on social media. Um, and we've been rewarded, um, I think since then by people responding more positively than they ever used to, you know, I think knowing your audience is a big deal and we've started to pay attention to that and we've seen emails increase. We've seen engagement increase. Um, I mean, we know that people spend their days on social media. It's just a matter of giving them, content they're looking for and i think we've started doing a much better job of that yeah i agree it's always like a proud moment for me when i see people uh emailing and saying like hey read your you know that and and it's i'm proud not of myself but just of you and abby because you guys are the ones that are really driving that right like i know the content kind of starts with me but but you guys are so involved in it and helping plan it and, and helping to create and write copy and stuff. And so that's, um, I'm, I don't feel like people I know and want them to consume it, but 
it's kind of surreal when people point out or say like, Hey, I, I read that blog and, or they'll be in my office talking to me. Like mm-hmm. I had a random sales rep in my office. Um, and the only reason why I carried on the conversation with him and let him talk with me for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. And this was like pre COVID. So this was early in the year. Cause I didn't let anybody do that once COVID happened. But, um, like the in the first couple sentences, he was like, "Yeah, I, I was uh, reading on your on your blog on LinkedIn. I saw it, and then I was like, immediately, I let my guard down. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll right. talk to you because because you, you can you actually can see him in that. But like, if he wouldn't have said that, you know, then right. I because it was something like uh, he read our one on cold calls. So we wrote uh-huh. we wrote one on." Because we, I literally did hire somebody off of a cold call, and uh, it, and it worked, and it worked out good. But he, the sales rep's point was, because um, he didn't call before he showed up, which uh-huh. traditionally I I loathe, right? And I run him out the door, <laughs> and he and he knows that. I, I think I'm starting, even though I'm young, I'm starting to get the reputation that like. If you don't show up at Kaiser with an appointment, you're not going to get to talk to anybody. <laughs> but he was like, uh, he's like, I was reading that on the cold call. And so I just thought I would just drop by. I know I didn't call ahead, but, you know, hey, if you need something, you know, I just figured you said that it worked then. So I figured I would try it. And I was like, she fair enough. you with your own words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. Well played. <laughs> But that's what social media is about, right? Is creating relationships with, you know, thousands of people at a time. Yeah, definitely. And it's magical. And here, okay, here's what's full circle on that. I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. I wish I could remember. Um, We were having, we're going to talk about a little bit at the end here on my tech tip. We'll talk about some of the new equipment that we were messing with this year. That was fun for me. Um, We had a new piece of equipment. It was a hopper. Um, And, uh, you have to change the settings on your spray equipment to instead of spraying out of a box or spraying out of a hopper. I'll explain that more later. But I uh, called the company that I ordered the hopper from. Uh, my sales rep was out of the office. The tech rep was on a, another job, so he you know didn't answer me like right away. Like if I would have been patient and waited like a day, they would have got back to me. But I was in the middle of trying to set it up. So I was just trying to get a hold of somebody, called multiple people, couldn't get a hold of anyone, left voicemails at all, three or four people. And I'm like, dang it, I don't, you know, there's no way to Google it or anything. And I thought of this guy's name, which I wish I could remember it right now. But uh, when he was in my office that day, he was pointing out that the equipment that we use for powder coating, which is Gima, um, that brand that he has a lot of experience with that prior to being a, a sales rep. He was like a technical rep that went out to, um, customers and kind of helped on lines and things. And he's like, if you ever, ever have any questions about Gima and you can't figure it out, call me, I'll help you no matter what, even right. if you're not buying powder. And that, that click and I was like, oh, okay. And I couldn't remember the guy's name at that time either. Dug through my business card box. I remember it was a purple business card. I'm like, I just got, it's gotta be here somewhere. Pulled out, found it called him he answered like first ring wow. and i was like hey i know i don't haven't talked to you in a long time but i remember you told me that you know everything that is to know about the gima guns and i got a question i was like do you know how to set up change the settings so i can spread out of a hopper yep are you in front of the unit 
yes, I am. And he walked me right through it. Done. That's a hell of a connection to make with somebody. For sure. It just goes to show, you know, when you when you see a need and fill it, people remember that and then they come back to you. Yeah. And like, to me, I wouldn't have developed that relationship with that guy if it wouldn't have been for social. Right. If he, you know, if we wouldn't have wrote that blog, he wouldn't have talked about it. I would have ran him right. out the door right away. Just in right. the sense of like, I don't have time to talk right now. And he just would have like dropped a flyer and said, okay, just call me if you need anything. And I would have never had the exchange that he knew about GEMA equipment. It was just a random thing. I just had like a, a, a part sitting in my office and he's like, oh, so you use GEMA? Yeah. Oh, I, I have a lot of experience with that. He was just trying to help, right? He's just trying, you know, if you need help, just let me know. So. That's amazing. There, I wish there were a way to synthesize all of those like little one-off stories into this document that kind of, because you and I have talked to a lot of people who would argue that, you know, well, social media is fine. It's fun. But like, what does it actually do for me? Um, and every time something like that happens, I'm like, this is what it does for you. But yeah. there's no way to communicate that other than anecdotally. Yeah. It's just, it's another form of communication now it really right is. and it's a to me for me it's a form of communication that like silently kind of builds some reach and some connections yeah. that you don't have to address right away you're not having to go somewhere and shake people's hands and have awkward conversations or moments but if people are liking your posts or sharing um and they follow you and you follow them and you see something that they post you can comment or message and set up a, a call pretty quickly with those people because they're familiar mm -hmm. enough with you because they've seen your content and you're familiar enough with them that you've seen theirs that like you feel you feel like each other are credible enough to then have a conversation or ask a question or reach out it's just another it's a it's a way to kind of be learn and be in touch with some more resources um, that, that don't take a lot of your time. It's the same thing as like trying to field calls from customers, actual phone calls versus emails, right? right. It's just, it's a different medium and I would prefer email than call because emails I can, I can, you know, deal with them when I want to, like I'll get right. back to them that day, but maybe my best time that day is between six and 7 PM when I can't really call those people because it's, out of the norm to call somebody at supper time. It's out of the business day for most. I'm still working. Email works better for me, you know? Yep. And so it's that yep. phone call email dynamic versus in-person social media for kind of like yes. a, that's, that's kind of the, the sales rep, you know, powder coder relationship. Or, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you're building connections without having to be face to face and on your own timeline. And there's really no downside. Yeah. So it's been yeah. fun. I, I'm looking, you know, this podcast is hopefully will go and it's been I look forward to it now. We've only done three episodes, but I'm like, I'm like excited to do it. It's just something fun and different to do. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. So piggybacking off of that, what would you say you've learned this year? I think from COVID, we learned that uh, even in like some dire times or when we're becoming less busy, 
it actually gives us an opportunity to get a lot better at what we do. So when we slow down from like, um, didn't need to work overtime anymore at the beginning of summer and didn't need to go as hard as possible every day to meet our production schedule. We started cross training some people, put some people in new positions to see how they would react. Um, it allowed us to, to help some people grow in ways that we wanted them to. Um, we didn't anticipate moving personnel around. We moved our, our powder coating shop floor manager to just like an overall production manager. It was needed because we were doing so much more painting, right? So mm -hmm. he's bouncing back and forth between both the shops. So that worked. And so then that opened up like, okay, we got to teach someone to be a powder coating shop floor manager now. Um, and being that we were a little slower production, that was a real good opportunity to learn so if you made mistakes and didn't have everything in the correct order or or there was rework it wasn't like where everything just had to happen perfectly so we could meet the production schedule there was leeway there so that worked well got some Great. new people tra trained Stefan got uh, the chance to learn how to spray okay um, learning how to spray takes a long time and when you're trying to meet deadlines you can only train somebody for a little bit and then your experienced sprayers have to spray because it sure. you just can't get enough stuff out the door. So it worked well. We we turned the negative into a positive and and I think everybody enjoyed it and um it kind of created just a new dynamic between all the shops, moving some people around and it was for the better. We needed a we needed a change, I think. Not in the sense yeah. that it was bad, but like I think everybody was getting bored a little bit in what they were currently sure. doing. So just enough where a few people moved around, still doing a lot of the same thing, but just looking at stuff in a little bit different way mm -hmm. opens everybody's eyes and like, wow, okay. And kind of uh, everybody has newfound respect for everybody. And yep. it, it brought the team closer together, I think. And, and That's great. Not that they didn't get along before, but... They, they get along better now, I think. I, right. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, you really invested in your people, right? Like you, you moved them up and you moved them around and that's so good for morale. Um, and it takes a lot off of your plate so that hopefully going into 2021, which I think everybody hopes will be, you know, busy and good for business. Um, you're more prepared than you were. Yeah. And I, that's what I was telling the guys, like, this is a good opportunity for everybody to learn. Even if, even if, uh, we decide that, you know, we get really busy all of a sudden and we want to default back, snap back into how, where everybody was before mm -hmm. we could do that. But it was, I just kept saying, Hey, if, if we will get really busy, which we did at the end of summer and we need everybody to be experienced in, in as many areas as possible. So we're versatile especially right. with COVID, if someone has to be sick and gone for a couple of weeks, you know, somebody else has got to be able to step up to the plate. Right. So, so it was important right. for everybody, for every position to, to be able to be filled by somebody else. That's great. So we're I'm... more versatile and agile now. And I, I feel like we're more ready to, if everybody's healthy in there, I'm really confident that, we can take on any kind of work and be able to get it done because everybody is more confident in their capabilities themselves. 
That's great. Speaking of more work, I know that you're very data oriented. Um, and I, I think there's been a lot more data collection this year. Is that true? Yeah, we mainly in the scheduling side of things, I had, there's a lot more communicating that's going on. Um, and between me and the customers, I've always communicated a lot, but even more so with COVID, with shutdowns especially, is trying to figure out when are you guys shutting down, how long, because I was trying to prepare for the back end of, I know once you reopen, you're going to have a ton of orders that you have to fulfill, and we want to be mm-hmm. prepared for that. We just improved on like <laughs> projects that we do over and over again. We we always have collected data on that, but I feel like we added a few key things um, to help. You know, I, I always feel like that no matter how much, how many notes you're taking, it's never enough. And right. I, I kind of learned that in racing. You have a, have a really good race night and you think you take all the notes possible and write down everything that you ran. And then it's four months later, same racetrack, same race conditions. Like, oh, we, we won on a track like this before. We're, let's pull out those notes. And uh, you're going through it like, okay, this, okay, this, okay, that. Well, what, do we, what did we do with this? You don't have any notes for it anywhere. And they're like, oh, it's key. Like, that's the thing that we weren't sure what we wanted to do with tonight. And we need to know what we ran when we won. And it's not there. Right. So anytime you feel like that you have all the notes you need, when you go to try to repeat it, you realize like, okay, we weren't detailed enough. Um, yep. And that came up. Go ahead. Do your future self a favor. Yeah. And that came up for us a couple of times on some projects that were repeated. And uh, we were all kind of frustrated with ourselves and each other that we were missing pieces of data that would have been really easy to record and mm-hmm. would save a lot of headache the second time around. And so we've been doing a lot uh, better at that and changed the way our work orders are, are made so that way we can take notes better as the process is going. Um, and quality control, we're taking more notes. Some of our customers have kind of pushed us towards taking more notes and, and keeping track of more stuff in case things go wrong and they want us to be able to go and trace everything back to certain lots and uh that's been really good for us and makes me more confident and i think makes the guys more confident in in what we're doing and in making our processes more repeatable Mm -hmm. yeah you're you're building a foundation for continued growth really yeah i think so it's stuff that we've always focused on it's just i think feel like that this year we got the opportunity to spend the time to enhance everything just a little bit right. just because it was like, it's never like that we were slow, but it was just, and we kept ourselves busy and almost kept our tongues hanging out by filling the, the void of that that extra little bit of time that we could have relaxed where the production wasn't just killing us um mm-hmm. and we used that to say okay you know let's improve on this this and this you know maybe our maybe the jobs on the the day-to-day basis were taking a little longer but that's because we were really critiquing them you know start yep. to finish and so we were still pushing really hard to get everything done 
but in the process we were we were learning a lot some really uh some really good life lessons for all of us really as quarantine continues for the next few months what are you doing with the time you're given yeah definitely because you can always be better right i feel like right how did uh communication go this year it was like it was as good as it's been i think um I think customers, I think everybody is just more willing to communicate Mm -hmm. just because you had to, right? Yeah. It it was a time when, you know, it's, it's rare that everybody is affected by the exact same thing, Mm -hmm. the the exact same problem and, and kind of affected, it affected industries similarly, right. In the sense of like everybody that's kind of in our industry was affected in, in the same way a different industry was affected totally different, but there's a, there's sure. big bubbles of people that understand like, okay, yeah, we can't get our, our materials in because of, you know, the, you know, production is down and like everybody kind of understood. So, um, that communication was a lot easier before it's like only a certain sector or certain few companies are being affected by something. And so nobody understands everybody's frustrated with you. But it's mm-hmm. kind of like if you were behind or couldn't get a material, they're like, "Well, we understand because I'm having a, we're having a hard time getting materials for that other order that's going to be supposed to be coming to you soon." <laughs> so um, there was as good a communication could be. I, I feel like we just upped ours. I feel like people always under communicate, so we yeah. were just over communicating even more than normal, um, trying to to predict things before they were happening essentially so we could be ready uh we don't like running around with our hair on fire and no, of uh, course. unfortunately it seems like most people i don't know they don't like to do it but they just do it right and we try not to do that so we're communicating right. a lot i feel like a big part of customer service is just setting expectations right like letting people know here's what it's going to take here's how long it's going to take and being proactive about that yeah and we were just trying to mm-hmm. figure out, we were just basically, if you can figure out when pe- people are going to be closed and opening, um, mm-hmm. especially customers you've worked with for a really long time, you can pretty much right. predict what's going to happen. You know, sure. I, we know what the, what the workload's supposed to be. They're going to stop making stuff for a month. We know that that means that it's going to be twice as busy when they open back right. up, right? So you just have to be, if, if you just use common sense and, and some math skills, you can pretty quickly understand like, okay, this is what it's going to take. We just need some basic guidelines on, you know, even if I think in times like what we've had this year, nobody can really give specifics. Everything is a little bit uncertain, Mm -hmm. but it's not like that everything in the world changed and nothing's going to operate the same way anymore everybody you know we're still going to try to move forward so if you're used to how things have been going with whoever you're working with whether you're an employee or an employer like it's still going to pretty much happen so you just have to kind of insinuate and you just got to work on the fly a little bit more and then be open to things are going to change you know we had to be very you know we were communicating a lot um because we knew daily it could change you know it could be, okay, we have a project coming in. We have to hurry and get it done because they thought they were going to be shutting down soon. 
then all of a sudden, so we get all geared up, ready to go on this big project so we could get it all done. And they're like, oh, we're shutting down now. We're not even going to get that to you. That's like, oh, crap. But, like, you just had to be prepared. Right. And then right. knowing, like, yeah. okay, that project's still there. It's still big. A month from now, <laughs> we have to have uh -huh. time to do it. And we yep. might not get that communicated to us because nobody's in the office for a month. <laughs> we just have to know. Right. So you're preparing for every eventuality. Yeah, which is my specialty. <laughs> you talked a little earlier about um, communicating on the team. Can you talk more about that too? Yeah, that was just communicating back and forth as far as um, where we were at with production, what the CDC was saying for COVID rules, trying to keep everybody as calm as I could and mm -hmm. as comfortable as I could. That's what the you guys uh, found ways to have fun too. I noticed saw some pictures. Yeah, we were doing uh, me and Dustin did quite a few bets for the NFL because he likes the Kansas City Chiefs and they're very, very good. Um, mm -hmm. But just just to have fun, I always was betting against them. And we did a lot of fun like face painting and have to wear you know, Kansas, I had to wear Kansas City stuff and ride a horse and things like that. We were trying to pertain it to, like, mascots and things. <laughs> but that Do you was think good. that'll carry into 2021? It probably will. I got tired of betting because, like, the, the Chiefs are so good. Like, there was no chance of me <laughs> winning. And he didn't really like spotting me points. So it was just I, after I lost so many in a row, it was kind of like I just – not having as much fun with it anymore because it's like inevitable I'm going to lose. So it, was, it it got less fun trying to come up with the bets. Just need to find new bets. Yeah. Maybe some new teams or something. There you go. Who do you root for? Uh, in the NFL, like nobody. I'm not an NFL football fan. so College only? Yeah, the Huskers. Well, there you go. Well, that's not a pretty picture either, though, is it? No. Someday. Someday. <laughs> um, for my hot tip this week, we're just going to talk about some of the new equipment or new things that we experienced in 2020. So my favorite new piece of equipment was the hopper. Uh, normally, we spray out of a box. Um for everything that we do, a hopper just kind of helps the powder uh, fluidize better, so move around better, basically. Um, and we had to use that for a really special metallic powder to try to keep the metallic uh, suspended in the powder while we were spraying it so it didn't all settle out and get really inconsistent. Uh, so that was just something new and different. That was fun to learn how to use, and, and we got to spray a job with it, and it turned out really good. Um, and then in the blast shop, we got a really, really nice uh, filter coming out of the compressor to help get some of the oil out of the air, um, which we've been needing. We've always had filters, but I could never find one that worked good enough. Always seemed to get, you had to change it out too much. Um, got too full of oil. Uh, hmm. So I finally found, I think I found one that, that's working really good. So that whenever I can find something new that we've been struggling with equipment wise, that's always satisfying. Yeah. Especially after some trial and error. Yeah. 
which seems like most of our equipment is. I mean, there's a lot of sales reps and stuff out there, but it's hard for everybody to figure out exactly what, what you need because everybody's application is a little bit different. Sure. My favorite new powder, okay. um, Tiger came out with a 149 and a 138 series, which is a HAA crosslinker now instead of TGIC. Not a lot changed, but that powder flows out a lot smoother. Um, Tiger, you can tell a difference? Uh, yeah, definitely visually can tell a difference. Um, That's great. Tiger is generally one of the smoothest powders um, just based on how they do their chemistry, um, but absolutely it's even smoother. They said it would be. Um, and they're right. It's, there's even less orange peel. Um, so looks, it caught my eye walking through the shop. So it definitely is better. That's great. New paint. We are, we started working with Tanemic this year. We, we've used them a little bit in the past. We've been using them quite a bit. Um, uh, normally their paint is specced on certain projects. They're usually the higher dollar paint. Um, so we tend to shy away from that just because we don't necessarily win the project if we're always been the most expensive, but, um, we're forced to use it according to a spec this year. And, um, I can see why it's, why it's top dollar because it, it does spray really good and it's, it's great to work with. So, and then, um, and back in the powder coating side of things, we have, we are trying a new chemical for probably about six months. Now we went to more of a neutral pH degreaser, and uh, that seems to be working really good. For a while, we weren't using degreaser at all. We were just doing more um, uh, phosphate cleaning um, or acid etching uh, that had some surfactants in it to, to help with cleaning. Um, because when you use a high high pH degreaser or really alkaline degreaser, if you don't get all of that rinsed off, you could have some adhesion problems. Um, so we were looking to try to still use a degreaser but not have the potential for residue left behind um and so far that's been working pretty good it's a lot of discoveries in one year do you have any like favorite thing for um, we did talk a little bit about social but do you like do you have any favorite type of content that we started doing this year that we started doing this year um we have gotten a lot more into infographics this year um which are fun to make because they're visual and colorful and all of those things. But I also, I think I've started seeing the, uh, the technical value in them as well. I think that we've had some good response, um, from people, you know, like, Oh, I've never, you know, this is, this is a new way of thinking about this topic or like simplifying it and making it consumable visually, as opposed to, you know, having to read about it. Um, I would say that that's been, that's been my favorite this year. I agree. I like infographics. They're my favorite. Yeah. And I knew you were a fan of them long before I was. And I remember at first being like, I don't know, I don't know how to do this. I don't know like what I'm trying to communicate. I don't know how well it's going to go over, but, um, as I've seen value in them, it's, it's gotten a lot more fun for me. You definitely, I like the way they look. They're definitely eye catching. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of the goal, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, we did have a question on social media this week that I wanted to share with you. It came from LinkedIn. Um, and speaking of infographics, it's actually, it was an infographic that we had shared about HAA versus TGIC powder coating. Um, cause we've been posting a lot about that lately and the differences and what you can expect, um, both as, you know, the sprayer and as the end customer. And so one of our LinkedIn contacts asked, what does HAA stand for? So HAA is like an acronym for uh, like the chemical name. And it I had to write this down. I had to look it up because I don't know it by heart, but it's hydroxyl alkyl amide. That's what, it, so H hydroxyl, the first A is alkyl. The last A is amide. Uh, TGIC, okay. I don't remember right off the top of my head and I'll butcher it if I try to say it, but uh, those are those are the long drawn out names. And then you have like, the, the short acronym um and we wrote a blog about haa versus tgic and i think that infographic mm -hmm. was explaining that so we won't go into the details there but yeah that's just an acronym just kind of like uh mek is a solvent that we use but that stands for methyl ethyl ketone so that's um it, that's really really common in chemistry right water uh -huh. is h2o uh right. oxygen's o2 um carbon monoxide is co carbon dioxide is CO2. So that, this is very similar, right? This doesn't have subscripts in it, but but this is what, um, this is more organic chemistry here, which I need to, I that's my one thing. I'm on a Khan Academy. I'm going to get on Khan Academy and teach myself organic chemistry because I'm interested in it for powder coating. Ooh, that's a good 2021 project. Yeah. So maybe we'll so... be doing some OCHEM infographics. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's great. And a, one of our podcasts can be a crash co crash course for OCHEM or OCHEM for dummies or something because I would consider yeah. myself a, a dummy going into that because I haven't had, I've only had Gen Chem background. So OCHEM for powder coaters. Yeah, there you go. It rolls off the tongue. All right. Well, this episode ended up being way longer than our first two, actually. <laughs> Hour and 42 minutes we're at. Um, so hopefully people didn't get bored listening to that. That was fun just going back and forth, though. Um, if anybody has any ideas of people that we can interview, please comment on this or email us. Um, we're trying to think of some more. We'll definitely we'll get Jay Kayser on at some point since we had Sherry's take. Um, and at some point, we'll probably get some of our our favored sales reps that we deal with a lot to try to help educate on some of their products and things. But, um, and even we could do some social media people even too. So hopefully we can start getting some people engaged. Otherwise I don't really have anything else today. Do you have anything else, Chloe? I do not. Happy new year, everybody. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Hey, is everything working good for you? need anything? Anything broke? Anything leaking? Just make sure we stay on track with the yellows and everything will be fine. Little things lead to big things. When you stay late tonight, we need to get this job finished up. Overall, I think everybody's doing a great job. Keep up the good work. It's getting hot out, so make sure you're drinking plenty of water. I know this job's been difficult and everybody's getting frustrated, but if we can't do it, nobody else can. That's the reason why the job's here, because nobody else could get it figured out. Just keep working at it.
Don't get frustrated. We'll keep collecting data, taking good notes, and we'll get it figured out. Does anybody else have anything?